This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. The themes and topics about to be discussed include serious mental illness and may be very triggering for some people. If you think you could be affected, please make sure you press pause and think carefully before listening to this podcast. If you decide to proceed, please make sure you have support and a health professional you can speak with later if needed. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Kintsui Heroes, How Our Broken Parts Create Our Beauty. And I'm privileged to be joined by Ian Westmoreland, who is the founder of Mentoring Men and Kintsui Heroes. Welcome, Ian. G'day, Amanda. And thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. Your podcast we did previously on Mentoring Men has been so incredibly well received. So I'm sure this one is going to be as, as equally valuable, if not more. That, that would be great. Uh, it's uh, Mentoring Men has just been, it's kicking a lot of goals and we're hoping that uh, Kintsugi Heroes will go down the same path. So yeah, thanks for I'm the opportunity. Sure. Oh, I'm sure it will. Ian, you've spent 42 successful years in corporate life, and then in 2013, you experienced a life-changing event so profound, you say, that it led you to give up paid work for a full-time volunteer career. And through this, you realised how urgently men needed support services, and then in 2018, you founded Mentoring Men, a charity providing free long-term life mentoring programs for men Australia-wide, and then in December 2022, you launched your other, as you call it, passion project called Kintsui Heroes, a podcast that aims to show how those major moments of challenge we face can change the course of our lives, making them more beautiful and fulfilling than ever before. Tell us about the the drive you had to create this. So it actually goes back to the early 1990s, and I, I love reading stories. I love reading biographies, autobiographies, the Nelson Mandela type stories. And for someone who suffered from lack of confidence and uh, I guess constrained hope, I got a lot from these these stories. And I thought, how good would it be if we could capture more stories like this and publish them? And in at the time, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the time or the money to progress this idea myself. Yeah. But interestingly, I had the confidence to write to three community leaders in August 1993 uh, and let them know about this idea. And one of them was Dick Smith. <laughs> and he took the time to write back to me a handwritten note, which I've kept. And he said, Ian, this is a great idea. And then he added, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> which, oh, is, great. which is encouraging and not encouraging. Yeah. And it, it sat there for 1993. And as Mentoring Men grew and we had sufficient funding that um, it enabled me to step aside from all the operational stuff that I've been doing, the seven days a week, and we we, we put in place a, a fully uh, paid team. And uh, I took a couple of months to just uh, slow down a little bit and spend wow. time with family. Yeah. But then I thought back to this idea and the, the thought wouldn't go away and in the middle of last year, so the middle of 19, uh, to 19, I'm going back to, in the middle of 2022, <laughs> I made a decision, I'm going to do this. 
uh, I'm going to give it my best shot. And as you said, we launched in December uh, 2022. Um, so that was where the idea uh, came from. It's uh, it been going for uh, just over six months, but there's been some incredibly exciting developments happen from that. And it just gives me such joy, such fulfillment. I'm uh, uh, like, it's hard work. I, I think it maybe I've been through childbirth, but it's like a <laughs> childbirth. They say you forget what it's like. And, and, uh, and I think I forgot how much work there is involved in this, but uh, it's, uh, I've been going through some harder physical health challenges and this is just uh, the work I'm doing with Kintsugi Heroes has just provided such uplifting uh, moments for me. So. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And and you did have a, quite a profound time back in 2013 when you changed your life to become a full-time volunteer. So you've, you, you can speak so thoughtfully and with such experience on this whole topic of, of our broken parts and what to do with them and how to turn them into beauty. Well, I, I shared last year when I was going to progress what would become Kintsugi Heroes. I couldn't think of a, a name. I kept coming up with these corny names. And a mate of mine from Mentoring Men said, Ian, I've got the name for, for your project. I said, oh, what's that? And he said, oh, Kintsugi. I said, oh, I've never heard of it. What does it mean? And as soon as I got got to understand the name, it just resonated. And can I, can I share, I guess, the legend is there was a Japanese emperor who had some valuable pottery, uh, like my $2 paperclip fold. <laughs> here. And, and over time, it chipped and cracked and showed the signs of wear and tear. And he said to the craftsmen, fix this, make it like brand new. But they couldn't do it. But what they could do was highlight repairs, highlight the damage with a precious metal like gold. And now when you look at the, the piece of pottery, it's far more valuable. Yeah. It's far more beautiful than what it was before. And Amanda, I see that as a great metaphor mm -hmm. for the Amandas and the Ians that we've been through some adversity, we've been through challenges, but we, in our own mind, we reframe that to actually see it as an asset to be able to, to then move on and help other people. And I, I love that idea. We help people instead of thinking oh my life sucks because i've been through this experience to actually mm. see that as an asset i was on a call this morning with a guy who has a crohn's disease and has a colostomy bag and he went through that transition he's, he's actually going to be one of our kintsugi heroes oh, and his passion is to help support people with disabilities find gainful employment and and help overcome the challenges mm. and it, it can almost get to the point where these people are thankful for the adversity they go through yeah. because it just gives them a purpose in life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. Do you think it's similar to the concept of the wounded healer? Yes. I, I, I didn't understand this before I started mentoring men. The lived experience is so crucial. It's hard to support someone unless you've been through, not, not necessarily the same, but some other lived experience. Mm. Um, and it, it I guess it, it gives you credibility. It, it, it helps you increase empathy. Um, a lot of what we do, there's a lot of science behind storytelling, um, in, in, including the, the chemical aspects of still like around dopamine and other things. Mm. It, it helps reduce prejudice, help increases empathy. There's a whole lot of benefits around that. So I, I see 
what we're doing is helping many people uh, be inspired and I said, help reframe them from the current life challenges they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the health journey. So I, um, I should preface this. I'm in incredibly great space mentally. I got diagnosed with uh, metastasized melanoma um, uh, back in January. And I've been going, it's, it's one of the areas where there's been huge yeah. medical breakthroughs and I'm actually on uh, immunotherapy infusions. I had one yesterday. Yeah. And a woman reached out to me who had immunotherapy 10 years ago. She had stage four cancer. And this amazing woman was a pioneer. She, she shunned uh, chemotherapy, which was the standard treatment mm-hmm. at that time, and paid just for the first immunotherapy injection, $38,000. And she is literally climbing mountains. She's a mountaineer. Wow. And so 10 years down the track. And we did a podcast together. So here's this woman who had stage four, was told basically go home and prepare your will or review your will. Ten years down the track, super fit, climbing, hiking, climbing mountains. And I'm at the start of the journey, Mm. in this case, using the same, being infused with the same drug that she had. And it just gives me, hope and inspiration so it greatly helps my mental attitude i mean there's a number of other factors around what we can do and what we should i believe we should do yeah but that gives me hope that the person is suffering from substance addiction to have the story of someone else who's who's, who's previously suffered addiction or have been abused or um you know we covered the loss of a child yes or is um in a wheelchair or whatever the situation is so uh yeah that's what we're doing Wow. So you've been through your journey and now you're starting another one of mending broken pieces and making beauty from it. Well, at the, at the, the sand hospital where I'm going, they, uh, there's a great support group. And I was asked if I wanted to get involved in quilting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be sexist, but I mean, I, I'm not into quilting, <laughs> but then it occurred to me, I'm going to do a, a series around living with cancer. Mm. And I've reached out to their support group and another group, and there's so many people coming forward with their own lived experience around that who want to share their stories. And just like this woman Kathleen's story gave me inspiration, we'll have come up with stories that will hopefully inspire different cultures, different genders, uh, different situations, different cancers, but someone with a with a cancer, and there'll be a, a positive story around someone else's someone else's journey yeah and it can take years if not even decades for some people of course on this journey to even find that goal that that line of gold to find the beauty in whatever experience they're enduring that's breaking them into pieces yeah look it's it's interesting i've had no people no trouble finding people around the world to share stories of overcoming adversity mm. but the biggest challenge I had, we were, uh, we, we've got a project to capture the stories of people impacted by the Black Summer bushfires in the Alpine area of Victoria. Yeah, and the the challenge in getting people, particularly men, to share their story has mm. been incredibly hard. Um, I gave a talk down there at at Myrtleford, and a man came up to me afterwards, and he said, "Ian." I haven't been able to talk to anyone 
about what I experienced that day. And there's so much unaddressed trauma mm. within that community. And um, we, we launched our podcast uh, last week and uh, Dr. Rob Gordon was, uh, who specializes in, in, in trauma. He's a psychologist and he was actively involved in, in supporting uh, people within the Alpine area. Mm. And he said to me, often the two to five year period after a major traumatic event is crucial. He said, things can start to unravel that people don't think are related to the trauma, but they are. Yeah. Relationships can start to break down. Um, addictions can develop and people can be thinking of self-harm. And all of those symptoms I've seen in the Alpine area. So it's, it's a real struggle down there. At these, you talked before about um, it can take ages. Like there's, uh, if, if I could have a wish around this place, it'd be that people show their vulnerability, yeah. actually start to share the story. And, and hopefully we're going to play a key part in doing that. As people start to share their stories, we published our first podcast last week. As more people hear that, it will encourage them to start to talk to other people. And, and maybe even if they're okay, start to reach out to other people who may not be okay. Mm. So we, we want to create a ripple effect in that area. Oh, look, I was so lucky to be involved as a, an attendee for that meeting you held um, to launch the first of your Alpine series within the Kintsui Heroes podcast series. And it was um, so moving, so deeply moving. And it gave me deep insight into, a, well, a glimpse really into what the, these people have gone through and are still enduring, still recovering from, still, as you said, having ripple effects of breakdown of relationships and all kinds of mental health issues and other issues. And and the wonderful lady you interviewed, Janice Newham, was talking about exactly what you're saying about men in particularly in particular struggling, and that she and others in the community were approaching helping their mental health by stealth and involving them in community things. And this podcast would be another wonderful way of of approaching men's mental health with stealth um, because it's not even directly um, approaching men. <laughs> yeah. it, um, so Janice Newnham was just brilliant and a, a gripping, inspiring story. She talked about how many in the community, particularly the women, reached out and had these support groups and were able to talk to each other about what they'd experienced. But there's no way known that men would go along if they thought there was a mental health aspect to it. So it's like you almost had counsellors by stealth handing out beer or sausages or whatever. And there's a couple of quotes that she said that really stood out. And the question was put to her about, you know, your husband must, you know, must be really stoic and brave. And, and she shared this thing that, well, he gives that appearance. But at one stage, she looked across, her husband was on the bulldozer as the fire was closing around. And her husband was crying. Yeah. And he said, I can't beat the beast, the mm. beast being the fire. And then she said this quote, which I think she got from the Beatles. And the quote was, it will be all right at the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah. And I, I, I got some heart from that as, as well. So there's a lot of wisdom in both what Janice and, and, and Rob shared and and uh, said, I, I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping praying that uh, this this podcast, they said, will start that ripple effect within the Alpine community. Although it's it, of course it's it's relevant for any 
bushfire area, like what's going on in Canada even at the moment. So, uh, yeah. That's we, right. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in such a time of, of adversity um, and, you know, just coming out of pandemic and, uh, as Janice said, that the bushfires preceded the pandemic and then they were all locked down when, in fact, community support was the very thing that helps you get through disaster. Yeah. yeah. Another insight I had as well, um, when you read Janice's story, I've never been in a major bushfire, but the way she described it, and the fear that she she talked about uh, to me the, and the courage that she showed was was amazing. And one of our supporters in the area is is Vision Australia. Vision Australia promoting us, right. um, promoting the event on their radio programs. In fact, they're going to promote it on their – they've got a national radio network. But one of these stories they covered was a blind person in the fire. Oh. Now, I think of the fear that I would have yeah. because, I mean, you've got the visual thing, you know, where it's coming from. Imagine being blind and with the heat and with the smoke and the smell and the noise, and then you can't see. And it just, uh, so I, yeah, well, it just took it, for me, it took it to another yeah. another dimension. Well, it does, doesn't it? As As you say, there's people with adversity already, and then they, suffer more adversity and it's compounding the effects. I've found it very helpful the way Rob framed this in your session the other day where he said we live under assumption and when you have major adversity, your assumption that everything's fine goes and then people around you who haven't been through that and still have the same assumption that you used to have that everything's basically fine don't understand because they haven't been through that robbing of the assumptions that we go through through adversity yeah yeah absolutely i his insights were profound and the number of people i spoke to in the area who just highlighted what he in fact janice janice knew him because janet had listened to uh had been to one of his sessions Mm -hmm. but uh i that was a message i got time and time again the role he played so he's actually going to share his story Uh, i don't think it's been recorded yet but i'm looking forward to hearing what he said but yeah the pearls of wisdom that he came out with oh absolutely and your other guests too even before this alpine series um covering addiction prison life infidelity depression unemployment already so much on offer in those episodes that so many people will benefit from it's um and i'm one of the key beneficiaries i've 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 learned so much about over the last few years i've i realized how judgmental i was uh, I, I realized I had a, a poor comprehension of what uh, addiction was. Yeah. I, I uh, and um, I remember we, we had a, a, one of our conversations was with a man who uh, he and his wife were childless. They couldn't have kids. And I never even thought from a man's point of view that would be a thing. But he talked about for 10 years, they went through the whole emotional trauma with IVF. And then after 10 years, they pulled the plug, mm. but the emotional engagement they had, they were, they were gutted at the end of the 10 years yeah. and it motivated him. He's now set up a worldwide support group for men who can't have kids. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's Kintsugi again. It's, yes. it's that adversity. And, and then, okay, what can I do about that? And I'm going to use my experience, the emotional trauma I've been through to help other people. And that was one of our, 
uh, the podcast had one of our uh, largest number of downloads. Wow! So it's all these things that I' not aware of. So I'm I'm learning through the process as well. Oh, that's wonderful. And it must be part of your passion because, I mean, most people with your family life would be busy enough. You've been married to <laughs> Helen for <laughs> married to Helen for 40 years, four children and 12 grandchildren. grandchildren. Yeah. My yeah, goodness. It's... But these are clearly passion projects, as you say. Yeah. Like, it, I, to be honest, there's sometimes challenges. Uh, one of my daughters is more vocal. At one stage during Mentoring Men, she said, Dad, you care more about these men than you care about your own family, which Ooh. is a pretty <laughs> tough thing to say. Uh, um, um, but I should add that I've looked after each of her children, three of my grandkids, for one or two days a week for while they were in the formative years. But it's 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 hard. I mean, I assume you have the same challenges. It's that this work life balance. Um uh, and it's and particularly in the formation stage, I know what I know the efforts required to get things going and sacrifices mm. have to be made. But I, I'm just absolutely blessed with the family I've got. Um all twenty two of us are getting together tomorrow. So there you oh. go. So all <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a great show of family unity and and you can remind them that you're the reason they're all there anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ian, where do you eventually want to see this heading? Uh, thanks, Amanda. I've got two big dreams, and I, I've I've learned to dream big. The first dream is that anyone going through a life challenge can readily find a story where they relate to the storyteller and the story itself touches them and relates to their particular life challenge. So if it's someone who's gay or in a wheelchair or from a certain culture, they can readily find a story that, that will resonate with them and inspire them and give them hope. And I guess the bigger dream, and this is, if you like, past Kintsugi heroes, and this would be like a legacy dream, I would love to see every week in every community, maybe it's in the library or the community centre, that a group of people get together with a facilitator and there's stories that are told and there's stories that are listened to. And it takes me back to my childhood where we had the village concept, where the, the neighbourhood, the families would get together over a cup of tea or whatever yeah, and would talk and share and listen. And I feel that over the last over my lifetime, we've increasingly lost that. Mm. Social media in many ways is unsocial media. Yes. I feel there's more loneliness and isolation. There's more, as a man, there's far more confusion mm. around men and what how men should express their emotions. Um, and I just feel that would be great to get people together over a cup of tea mm. and 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 uh, I don't care what it's called, but just uh, get communities, get Let's let's reestablish the village, Absolutely. and uh, yeah, that's that's my dream. Oh, look, those basic human needs and values. If we could return to them, I completely agree with you. We'd be in a much better shape as a society and a and a world. Um, so, I was going to ask you for those who don't feel that they can glue together their broken bits with gold, what would you say? But I think you answered it earlier when you said, if it's not okay, then It'll be okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'd encourage these people um, reach to outs to resources. It may be 
a mental health professional. It may be their GP. It may be someone they trust. And it could be the Kintsugi Heroes podcast. So we've done about 80 of these now. But no matter, uh, we've covered a large range of life challenges. Our very first one was on grief. Um, mm -hmm. One of our board members shared about the death of his wife through cancer and where he went with that, and the amazing journey he's been on. But we've covered abuse. We've covered all sorts of addictions. We've covered people with uh, disability, uh, Indigenous, uh, migrants, uh, bushfires, other trauma. So th there's there's a, a whole horde of resources mm. out there. Um, so just ask. And it's it's interesting that there's a survey once. That what percentage of people would be prepared to help someone who asked for help? And interestingly, the vast majority of people said they would do that. Wow. They then said in the survey, how many of you would reach out for help if you were struggling? And it was a minority of oh. people. So it just shows that we're, we're good at helping. We're not so good at asking for help. Yeah. Uh, particularly with men. Mm. So if I, my encouragement would be seek help, seek help. And people can find that help on your site, which is kintsuiheroes.com.au or mentoringmen.org.au, where they can also make a small donation. It's Yes, uh, both these programs are free. Um, so any donations are, are welcome to, to Kintsugi Heroes or Mentoring Men. But uh, said that the purpose of this is just to uh, help inspire people and uh, yeah, help them overcome their life challenges. So, And Ian, you know that I ask my guests always, what makes you psyched for life? It may be a different answer this time, but <laughs> would you like to share? Um, it, it's interesting. My, my mindset has changed from a very money-focused, so we were poor, and it was... I guess a more cynical attitude is, oh, how's this going to stitch me up and all that sort of stuff. And I, what I've seen is just the, the in giving back, the rich, it, it's far more, uh, it gets far more enjoyment, far more valuable material stuff. In fact, Amanda, can I share a story with yeah. you? Um, about nine months ago, my wife and I were in the Greek islands and oh. uh, we're, we're on like a pirate ship with a bunch of other cyclists. My wife and I are cyclists, and we're riding around the Greek islands. We cycled up to the top of this uh, this island. Uh, most of them had e-bikes. We didn't, just uh, as a bit of ego in that. But anyway, we ride up to the top of this, this mountain. And our tour guide stopped us, and he pointed to another island. He said that that island is owned by Anassus. And for the Greeks, Anassus was a big success story. Yeah. He started to tell the story of Anassus and he shared that uh, Anassus was born into poverty and um, he initially made his money in the black market with tobacco mm. and then he invented packaged cigarettes mm. and made an absolute fortune and then he got into shipping and made a, a bigger fortune and I think most of the people on, uh, realized he married uh, JFK's uh, widow, Jackie Anassus. Mm. And I couldn't help but put up my hand. I said, look, Oh, what a query. You talk about Anassas being a success story. Oh, and sorry, one of the comments he made that Anassas said at the end, they say money can buy love. I want to tell you it's not true. I'm the richest man in the world. I've never found true love. Mm. And I put my hand up. I said, well, you portrayed him as 
been a success story. So you've got a guy who's invented a product that's killed millions of people and caused a whole untold damage. And he's never found true love. Like apparently when I was, he was married to Onassis, he was also having affairs with the opera singer and a bunch mm-hmm. of other people. And I said, I would argue that a, you know, an impoverished worker with uh, strong family connections is far more successful. Yep. And it motivated me to, when I got back, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning uh, in, in Sydney jet lagged. I thought I want to put into a PowerPoint presentation, this thought around success. And I, I've taken the liberty on the right-hand side of, of my diagram of defining the best life, yeah. Ian's best life. And to me, it's where we use our skills, our talents, experiences mm. to positively impact the world around us. Yeah. And, and it's where we get genuine contentment and fulfillment. And on the left-hand side, we've got this, there's the baby at birth, and then we there's a, a meandering line. And there's a word map above it, above which has all the experiences we have in life. And it could be relationship breakdown, it could be illness, it could be abuse, it could yeah. be the drive to materialism. And for many of us, we lose any concept of what our best get caught up in the the better boat, the better car, whatever it is. And it's sad. And I, I, I include this in a presentation and I say, if I could just get people for 10 seconds to take a step back out of their current situation and think, what does their best life look like? Yep. And I've got the Mark Twain quote at the bottom. I love Mark Twain quotes, mm-hmm. but the Mark Twain quote is the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and then the day you work out why. Mm-hmm. Now, so in answer to what, what, what drives me, I found a big part of what my best life is and I'm living that, and I've got all the fruits of doing that. That's what drives me. Oh, that's such an exceptional, wonderful explanation. And you do look like a great success story with your <laughs> massive family and your rich offerings, your passion projects for mentoring men and now Kintsui heroes. Ian Westmoreland, thank you so much for joining us. Great, Amanda. Thanks for joining us, and thank you for the opportunity to, to share my latest passion project. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Plus, don't forget you can access all of the resources mentioned in today's podcast via the show notes. Is there a pressing issue or topic you'd like me to discuss? Head to my Instagram at dramandaferguson and send me a DM. I love hearing from my listeners. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 33497 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7 on 1800 1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. 
The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me. 